0: Well good evening and a very warm welcome to everyone worshipping here this evening and uh, I know that there's a a welcome for any who are visiting and it's so nice to see you on what is just quite a a blustery night but uh, if we were over in Lewis it would be much worse. So um, it's good to be here and it's good to come together to, to worship God. And that's what we're here to do. We're going to do that first of all, singing in Psalm 103. That's in the Scottish Psalter on page 369 of the Blue Psalm Book. Page 369, Psalm 103, and we'll sing verses 1 to 5. O thou, my soul, bless God the Lord and all that in me is, be stirred up his holy name. To magnify and bless. Bless, O my soul, the Lord thy God, and not forgetful be of all his gracious benefits he hath bestowed on thee. These verses from Psalm 103 to the end of verse Mark 5 to God's praise. We'll stand to sing, please. Let's unite our hearts together in prayer Let's pray O oh Lord we do Come before you And we pray that we would have grace To come humbly And reverently As we come into your presence We thank you that You have brought us to this place This evening We thank you that we Are in the presence of the King. And we thank you, Lord, that you have brought us together. There's so many other places where we could be, but yet we're thankful for your grace. And we thank you for your mercy. And we thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness to us that you have spared us to see this. Another day in time and another opportunity to come together to worship the living and the true God. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that we enjoy from you every day. Your mercies, they are new every morning and great is your faithfulness. If only we could grasp a little more of the greatness of God, of the faithfulness of God of the love of God if we could just get a little more of that Lord that we might become more like the Lord Jesus Christ that we would live out our lives in a way that would be more pleasing and honoring and glorifying to your great and holy and worthy name we thank you for the gospel thank you for the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ who d- who died and, and give his life as a ransom for many. We thank you that it's because of love, the, the love of God, because God loved the world, that you give your only begotten Son. And your word says that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Thank you, Lord, that you You give us your Son who came into this world to seek and to save the lost, not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Lord, we pray that we would see the day when more and more people would be falling down before you on their knees, crying out for repentance because time is short. Days and weeks and months and years seem to just fly past. and we are all facing a day of judgment when we will have to give an account. And Lord, your word reminds us that for the many, they are not ready. And we pray that we would see a day of God's power, the the gospel, of the Lord Jesus Christ really making a great impact on this day that we live in. We know Lord that the, the gospel streams are dry. We live in a dry and barren day spiritually. And we long oh God that these gospel streams would begin to flow. That this Holy Spirit of God would move once again and that men and women and boys and girls would be brought to the Savior that there would be that conviction of sin and that there would be that sense that people could do nothing else but just fall down before you and cry out for mercy before it's too late or we pray for the work from this congregation, for the preaching of the word week by week. May it be blessed. May you bless all who come to proclaim your truth here,
1: throughout these
0: parts, throughout the city, through the highlands and islands. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would uphold those who preach faithfully your truth, that there might yet be a great day of gospel impact when the word would go forth with power and with authority thank you Lord for the careful prayerful preparation that goes into the preaching of the word but, oh Lord we need God to come we need you oh Lord to apply it to hearts and lives otherwise people will just come and go they'll be unchanged and unmoved No, Lord, with us, it's our prayer that that would not be so. But that people would be moved through the power of the gospel. That they'd be brought face to face with Jesus. That they might see him for who he really is. That man would not be seen. Even man's voice, as it were. That people would hear the, the voice of God. Your word. Speaking mightily and powerfully. Oh Lord re- revive us. Quicken us. Lift us out of our sleep. We are lethargic. The prayer meetings would be revived. And that there would be yet. A great work done you have said. That you will build your Church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Lord, we pray. Build your church, we ask you. Move in the hearts of people. Just around this area. As people look on. They'll see people coming and going. Sunday morning and Sunday evening. And through the week from this place. And they're looking on. Lord, bring them in, we pray. You can do that. We can send out invitations. But Lord, when you work in the hearts of people, you'll bring them. You'll draw them to hear the word. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of truth. Your word. So Lord, grant that, we pray. So we thank you for this time together. We pray for... (coughs) congregations that are are vacant and we know that there are many even throughout the the West and throughout many areas and the harvest is plentiful but yet the, the laborers are few and we pray earnestly the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the harvest field that you would send men of God who would be faithful and true to the Word to occupy the pulpits of our land that your word would be pro- proclaimed in sincerity and in truth. And that's what people would be drawn to. The Spirit of God moving and working once again in our in our land where people are lost and dying without hope and without Christ. So come to us. Have mercy upon us, Lord, as we gather this evening. And those who are able to Tune in online together. May we experience something afresh of your love, of your greatness, of what you have done for us. Bless those who are needing your touch upon them in these days, and you alone perhaps know just the needs of the hearts of each one. And we pray that you would touch hearts this night, and that you would open the windows of heaven and Pour out a blessing upon us. Lord, we're hungry. We've got a longing for you, for more of you. That we wouldn't just be allowed to go on as we are. Lord, that we would see a new day of of your power. Sweeping through our land. Ministering to us. Sweeping through our church services, our gospel meetings. Oh Lord, come we pray. We so desperately need God. In times past, Lord, You showed favour to our own beloved land, and we long, O oh God, that You would show favour to us. You're a God of mercy; You don't deal with us as we, as we deserve. Otherwise, we would all be cast off. But yet, O oh Lord, You're merciful and gracious, and a God of compassion. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. And we worship you this night. Ask, O Lord, that all the, the attacks and the influence of the enemy would be kept away. That he would be banished from this place. And that your word would have free course. And that you would be glorified. That this would be an awesome place. Be a place filled with your presence. Of the power of the Spirit. Granted, O Lord, we pray. Wash us, cleanse us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing again, this time from Psalm 63. And it's on page 295, 295 of the Psalm Book. 295, Psalm 63 in the Scottish Psalter. Lord, thee my God. I'll early seek, my soul doth thirst for thee, my flesh longs in a dry parts land wherein no waters be. We sing these words, we know them. Do we have that thirst? Do we have that longing in our hearts that the the psalmist spoke of? My soul doth thirst for thee, my flesh longs in a dry parts land. Wherein the waters be that I thy power may behold, and brightness of thy face as I have seen thee heretofore within thy holy place. We'll sing down to the end of verse marked eight to God's praise. <coughs> And if we can turn now and read from God's word from the the gospel of Mark chapter 15, Mark's gospel chapter 15 And we'll pick up the reading at verse
2: 21
0: Mark chapter 15 at verse
2: 21
0: The account of the, the crucifixion Of the Lord Jesus Christ And they compelled a passer-by Simon of Cyrene Who was coming in from the country The father of Alexander and Rufus To carry his cross And they brought him to the place called Golgotha Which means place of a skull And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh But he did not take it And they crucified him and divided his garments among them Casting lots for them To decide what each should take And it was the third hour when they crucified him And the inscription of the charge against him read The King of the Jews
1: And with him they crucified two robbers
0: One on his right And one on his left And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads, and saying, Ha ha, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself, and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross, that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders, hearing it, said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on from a distance. Among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph and Salome. And when he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. Amen. And we know that God will bless to us the reading of his own. Precious word Before we turn back and, and look at this passage Simply together Let's sing again This time from the Sing Psalms Part of the psalm book on page 25 It's Psalm 22 Page 25 Psalm 22 We'll sing verses 1 to 5 My God, my God, oh why Have you forsaken and abandoned me Why are you far from giving help, from listening to my anguished plea? My God, I cry to you by day. You do not hear when I complain. I call to you throughout the night. In silence I cannot remain. Down to the end of verse, Mark 5. The Abel will stand to sing, please. My God, my God, oh, why have you forsaken and abandoned me? Let's bow in prayer before we Just turn back and look at God's word together Oh Lord we, we We come to you Again this evening in our need And we Acknowledge that When it comes to looking at These parts of scripture We're so inadequate We don't have The, the insight Or the, the, the grasp of things that we need to have and we pray that in these this short time together that you would open our eyes to who you you are that we would see afresh the Lord Jesus that we would see what you have done for us and that you would help us Lord strengthen us Give us what we don't have. Give us your own strength and power. And that you would take your word. Even the, the fumbling and even the stumbling. As we seek to proclaim it. And that you would use it for your glory. Lord granted we pray. In Jesus name. Amen. There's a chap I used to work with, not in the faith mission, but before that when I used to drive um, earth-moving machinery. And if we managed to get on to a spiritual conversation with this guy, which wasn't that often, he would always come away with the same kind of line of defense. He would say to me, well if you can prove to me Prove to me there's a God Prove it, then I'll believe So um, Well, maybe there's a number of people like that Just looking for proof But the reality is That in this book In the word of God We have all the proof That we will ever, ever need It's all there we don't need to look further. A cousin of mine, Murdo MacLeod, who was instrumental in leading me to the Lord. He always said that his line of defense was, when somebody w- would share the gospel with him, he would always say, ah, oh, but David, there must be more to it than that. It can't be that simple. There must be more to it. Maybe there's someone here and you're just thinking, oh, there must be more to it. You're just not seeing it. You're not, you're not getting it. You've never grasped the, just what it means to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You, you've, you've never grasped the reality of his salvation and maybe there's are stumbling blocks in the way. Maybe you're looking for more evidence. Maybe you're thinking there's, there's something more. And I just want to look just simply at this passage. I really want to look at some, there were many people there that day when, when Jesus was crucified. And I want to look at with you tonight at some of the reactions of the, the people that were there. There's much in this passage and that I'm not able to go into and I just want to look simply at some of the reactions that the the people had but ultimately what what, what we need, what you need, what I need is to know the man on the middle cross to know Jesus Christ as our Savior and as our Lord You see if we had gone back a wee bit We would see that Judas Betrayed him We would see that Peter Denied him Pilate Delivered him To be crucified The soldiers mocked him And beat him And spat upon him And crucified him Between these two robbers Passers by ridiculed him The chief priests and the scribes mocked him Even those who were crucified with him Reviled him, we read There was a centurion who was there that day And he came to the conclusion at the end Truly, this was the Son of God There were also women there that we read about just at the end of the passage that followed him and and ministered to his needs. But there's you and there's me. How do you see the man on the middle cross? Are you still looking for more proof? Are you still looking for something more? You see, we know about the rich man and Lazarus, don't we? (coughs) That the rich man, he ended up in a place of torment. While Lazarus, who had very little of the comforts of this world, he ended up in the presence of the glorious Savior in heaven. And Lazarus was, the rich man was so tormented That he asked that Lazarus would be be sent back to tell his brothers To warn them about this coming judgment This place of torment And he said if someone goes Abram said to him but they have Moses They have the prophets Let them hear them In other words they say look it's all here It's all there Just let them listen to what was prophesied And said throughout scripture But the rich man said no father Abraham But if someone goes to them from the dead They will repent He said to them if they do not hear Moses and the prophets Neither will they be convinced If someone should rise from the dead That will not convince people You see It's the spirit of God that convinces people And that's what we need And we need to be praying for That That conviction would fall upon people And draw people To himself So I want to think Just about some of these reactions First of all the chief priests And the scribes they said He saved others He saved others that, that was their own admission They knew about people whose lives The Lord Jesus had touched They were known about the leper that was cleansed Known about the paralyzed man Remember they opened up the roof and let him down And Jesus said son your sins are forgiven Take up your bed and walk They would have known about, as we mentioned this morning, about the demon-possessed man. He was was totally uncontrollable, just out of his mind with with demon possession, but yet, they would have known that Jesus touched his life. And he was at his feet in his right mind. You may have heard about blind Bartimaeus by the road. Many people passed by and he cried out, Lord, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And, and the Lord re- restored his sight. But not just that, he restored his soul because he's no longer at the side of the road, but he's up. And he's walking with them. You see, the evidence was clear. They knew, he said, he saved others they knew that they were aware of that and here this is right this is the heart of the gospel we were at this, this part of God's word we're at the cross tonight right at the heart of the gospel they're the very means by which men and women and boys and girls are saved he saved others and you know people tonight whom the Lord has touched you, you know people's life. You might even be sitting beside someone tonight. And you know the Lord has touched that person's life. You're looking at someone tonight. That the Lord has touched their life. It wasn't always like this. Far, far away. In the depths of sin. But God came. And God saves you know people. Whom God has touched, don't you? See, they admitted this. Even the chief priests and the scribes. He saved others. And then they said, He cannot save himself. See, to their minds, saving himself would require him to come down from the cross. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross, that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. Something that they could actually see. But they didn't know what was happening. He didn't need to save himself. He was perfect. He was this pure and spotless son of God, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. He, he gave himself for the purpose of saving others. Not to save himself himself. This is all God's plan. It's God's plan of salvation for for sinners like we are. You know in Ephesians 5.2 it says. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. That's what he was doing. He gave himself up for us. What they thought would make a difference. Would make no difference at all. You know what was happening was happening. It was God's plan. And they weren't going to change that. I you know it's the same today, my friends. God has a plan. He's got a plan of salvation. He's got a plan by means by which sinners can come to Himself. His plan. And friends, we need to be tuned into His plan. And we need to get rid of our own thoughts And our own ideas of how Or maybe it could work out Because it's all here in God's word It's here for us He has a plan You know there was a crowd Who came especially to witness Those events But were told secondly about those Who were passing by I've called them the passers-by They were passing by on the road they, they didn't come as, as, as a whole crowd of people came with the intent of, of looking at what was happening, of seeing the events of the day unfolding. No, they didn't come for that purpose. They were passing by. But they just stopped long enough. And those who passed by, we read, derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Ha-ha, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. Haha, they're saying. In other words, they're saying, no, now, now you're getting what you deserve. You won't be destroying or bu- building up any temples where you are now. See, they didn't know, they hadn't got a clue. They didn't know that the temple he was talking about where was, well, was not a temple made by hands. It was his own body. We read that in John chapter 2. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, the disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture. And the word that Jesus had spoken. See even the passers-by. They, they twisted his own words. They, they blasphemed against him. And for them too. The, the evidence of his strength would be. If he would come down from the cross. The passers-by. You know they just stop long enough to have an opinion. With no understanding of the truth. And there are many people like that. You'll have come across them. They've got an opinion. I've met many like that. Just visiting around the doors. They'll tell you all sorts of things. They can put up a very good argument. They'll tell you that they've read the Bible. And they'll tell you it's not true. They'll tell you all kinds of things. The passers-by. They'll tell you that. Some will even tell you that they believe. Without any understanding of what it means to know Jesus Christ as Savior. And to have the assurance of salvation. And they'll tell you in the next breath. No they don't need to go to church. I read a quote recently. That said. A born again Christian should need no persuading to attend church. That's true, my friends. We should need no persuading. If we're born again and we know the Lord, this is the place where we should be. Those who pass by, the term itself, the terms, it speaks for itself, doesn't it? Not really interested But keen enough to have an opinion Is that really What Jesus deserves An opinion A ha ha of, Of ignorant scorn These people think they have something to say The passers by And then We have those who were crucified with them, And they joined in Let the Christ the King of Israel now come down from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. One to the extent that time ran out for him. Time ran out, there was no repentance. But for the other one we know it was different. We know that although scripture tells us that they they reviled him we we also read that the one came to Jesus and in repentance and said to him Lord remember me he came to that place where he realized his need he came to that place where he realized this is the saviour he would have heard Jesus saying Father forgive them for they know not what they do they would have seen something in Jesus that day that uh, that was beyond uh, any anything that they could see in any other human there was something different there was something in Jesus that day that attracted this man to say lord remember me and Jesus said truly truly today you will be with me in paradise truly truly without any shadow of a doubt this is sure this is certain you will be with me in paradise and just one other statement from someone who witnessed the scene that day it was the centurion who stood facing them, verse 39 saw this and the way he breathed his last and said truly this man was the son of God he was a man that was Truly affected by what he witnessed that day. What he witnessed that day of seeing Jesus Christ on the cross.
2: What actually did he witness?
0: He would have witnessed the darkness. He would have witnessed the curtain that had been torn in two from the top to the bottom. There was an earthquake. The rock split. The tombs were opened. And the bodies of the saints were raised. The darkness from noon to 3 p.m. We're told that the darkness was over the whole land. It was an intense darkness. Not going to try and explain that. I, I cannot do that. But it was a darkness that would have made people feel uneasy. Just being there in it. It was intense. I'm not sure how much finger wagging. Head wagging blasphemous comments were made through that time of darkness we are told in Luke chapter 23 at verse 48 and all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle when they saw what had taken place returned home beating their breasts with a sense of fear and alarm and anguish Peter proclaimed to the people when the the man that was carried to the temple gate daily the lame man and through the power of God through faith in the name of Jesus he was healed and he's no longer at the gate but he's up and he's walking and he's leaping and he's praising God. And they, oh they, they came to, to to Peter as if It was by their own power that this man was able to walk. And Peter said it was faith. And he addressed them and he said, But you denied the Holy and Righteous One. You asked for a murderer to be granted to you. You killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. Did any of them think that day we did this? We did this? What was happening in the darkness? You know the, the cross is a place of judgment. That the Lord Jesus Christ is, is suffering the full vent of God's wrath. For, for the sins of, of all his people. This intense agony. This endless degree of suffering that... That I could never explain to you today. Yes, but I know this that my sin, and the sins of everyone who will come to Him, who have come to Him, is that you? And the sins of everyone who will come to Him? He suffered the agony. For every sin there in that time of darkness at Calvary. That's the Savior that we look to. Surely, in Isaiah 53 it says, He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and with his wounds... We are healed. It was the Lord's will to crush him. That was the darkness. It was a place of judgment. Jesus Christ, God's Son, God's only Son, suffered the most cruel death. Yes, as others did, they were crucified. There was one on either side of him crucified in the same way. But no other took upon themselves the full vent of God's wrath for sin. See, there was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. He only could unlock the gate of heaven and let us in. The experienced that abandonment. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus uttered in a loud cry and breathed his last people were affected by what they saw that day calvary's real the cross is real i can to ask how much are we affected this night at nokbane free church how much are we affected by the cross of the lord jesus christ you might say well it was different for them They were there, they they witnessed it in person That was different My friends, as I said at the start We have the full revelation of scripture Death was prophesied through the Old Testament Accurate accounts given through the Gospels Spoken of through the New Testament It's all there We have it. How much has the cross affected you and me? See there were those that were affected. But they walked away. Yes affected in some measure they saw what had happened. And they walked away. Realize that it was a place of agony. Agony. And Jesus suffered on that cross. And friends. That judgment of God. That that was poured out upon the Lord Jesus Christ. For those hours of darkness on the cross. Those that walk away. Will suffer for all eternity you know know that, that's the reality that's how serious this is and you might say well how can i say that in matthew 25:46 we read and these will go away into eternal punishment those who have never come to know the lord jesus christ they will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life. Notice it's the same word that's used for both eternal punishment, eternal life. In other words, there will be no end. It's wonderful and glorious, isn't it, to think of heaven? Isn't it so amazing to think for all, if you know Jesus Christ tonight, my friend, The future's bright. Whatever struggles or difficulties we might have through this life. The future's bright. And there is no end. There's glory in heaven for you and me. And for all who trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Without end. But there's the agony of hell. For all who will keep walking away. For the majority, that's the way it is. The Bible makes that known. You see, for the majority of people there, there was scorn and contempt. The soldiers, the chief priests, the scribes, the passers-by, the crowd. But there were the few, who who saw Christ for who He was. Will you be numbered among the few? remember I had an uncle he was up in Dingwall he was a godly man his name was Andrew Ross and after he had died the minister was sharing in a a service and he was speaking about the few and he says "An Andrew Ross whom we knew and loved will be numbered among that few. Hey friends, are you going to be numbered among the few? It says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. For those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. I'm not going to stand here today and say say to you, it's easy. The way of life is most desirable. But it's not easy. We don't naturally find that way. My friend, can I say to you tonight, if God is showing you the way, if, if, if God is bringing you to that place, if God is bringing conviction to your soul tonight that you need to find this Savior, you need to come Friends, come. Because you will be doing exactly what God wants you to do if you come. He's calling you to come. If God is showing you the way, you must go. You must seek the Lord. It says, while he may be found, because there'll be a day when he won't be found today if you hear his voice do not harden your heart see the broad way is an easy way many the majority of people are on that way it leads to destruction I just want to close with a hymn and if there is somebody here tonight and you're seeking and you, you would love to find this way you would love to find this, this door Jesus said I am the door if anyone enters by me you will be saved there's no other way See, it's narrow, it's close, it's just this way, and it's the only way, and that's good because it saves any confusion. It's not like, well, maybe it's this, or maybe it's that, or maybe it's the next thing. No, it's none of these. It's only Jesus. So if you're looking tonight for salvation, if you know in your heart tonight that you need to be saved, you need to come to Jesus, the man on the middle cross who died. Who, who bore the burden for your sin, who paid that price, who said it's finished. All the work that, he was, that God had given him to do, he did it. He, he suffered enough for you and for me. And he's calling sinners to come. A hymn, just in closing, it's a hymn called I Stood One Day at Calvary. I Stood One Day at Calvary, the hymn writer says, where Jesus bled and died. I never knew he loved me so for me was crucified and as I stood there in my sin his love reached down to me and oh the shame that filled my soul that day at Calvary. Friends, if we stand at Calvary and we see something of the spotless Lamb of God we surely can be None other but convicted about her own sin. That's what was happening. The shame. Because of the love of the Savior. And then the second verse says. I knelt one day at Calvary. My eyes were filled with tears. To think such love I had refused through all these wasted years. And as I knelt I heard him say I did it all for thee. And oh, the love that filled my soul that day at Calvary. To kneel down in humble submission to him. To to, to think of all these years, perhaps, that you have refused that love. See, a Christian is somebody who receives the love of God into their life. It says, for God so loved the world. God loved sinners. And it's receiving that love into our lives, his forgiveness, his peace. He says, I did it all for thee. And then the final verse says, and maybe this needs to be the, the reaction of someone here. He says, I prayed one day at Calvary, I'm thine forevermore. Forgive me, Lord, for all my sin. My lost estate restore, and as I prayed to me, he gave salvation full and free, and all oh, the peace that filled my soul that day at Calvary. Do you know that peace that comes through forgiveness? Don't be with those who they were the passers-by. They had an opinion. Don't be like those who reviled him. And wagged their heads. And smote him. And mocked him. Those who walked away. Don't, don't be walking away. My friends it's so much better to come. To come to him. With all of our sin, with all of our filth and struggles and whatever else we have. We can bring it to him. And it can be forgiven. Because the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, God's son, can cleanse us from all sin. To be cleansed from sin, to be washed whiter than the snow, made ready that you could be numbered among the few. Enter in by the straight gate, for straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life, and only a few find it. Friends, make sure that you are numbered among. That few Lord we pray that you would help us Help us tonight to To know that your love For sinners is a great love Help us to see afresh What you have done for sinners on the cross Help us to realize that We are those sinners We need forgiveness We need a saviour We thank you tonight that that's the purpose that you came. You came into this world to seek and to save the lost. Oh Lord, help us to come before it's too late. As the hymn writer said, the way of the cross leads home. May we find that way, oh God, we pray. And if there's anyone here tonight or anyone listening in, And they have never found that way. The way of the cross that leads home. May they find themselves there. Tonight. Face to face with Jesus. Knowing his forgiveness. Knowing that peace. That will flood their soul. When they kneel before him. In humble submission. Oh Lord help us to come we pray. As we look to you with grateful hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close our our time together. Singing from Sing Psalms. Psalm 130. Sing Psalms 130. is on page 173. 173. Lord from the depths I call to you. Lord hear me from on high. And give attention to my voice. When I for mercy cry. Lord, in your presence, who can stand if you are sins recorded? If all our sins were recorded, who who could stand? Except for the next lines, it says, But yet forgiveness is with you, that we may fear you, Lord. We'll sing the verses from this psalm, Psalm 130, to God's praise.